0: Section twelve of Myths and Legends. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or how to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Myths and Legends of Ancient Greece by E. M. Barons. Section twelve. Dionysus, Bacchus. Dionysus, also called Bacchus from Baca, berry, was the god of wine and the personification of the blessings of nature in general. The worship of this divinity, which is supposed to have been introduced into Greece from Asia, in all probability from India, first took root in Thrace whence it gradually spread into other parts of Greece. Dionysus was the son of Zeus and Semele, and was snatched by Zeus from the devouring flames in which his mother perished, when he appeared to her in all the splendor of his divine glory. The motherless child was entrusted to the charge of Hermes, who conveyed him to Semele's sister, Aino but hera still implacable in her vengeance visited althamas the husband of Ino, with madness and the child's life being no longer safe he was transferred to the fostering care of the nymphs of mount nysa an aged satyr named Salinas, the son of Pan, took upon himself the office of guardian and preceptor to the young god, who, in his turn, became much attached to his tutor, hence we see Silenus always figuring as one of the chief personages in the various expeditions of the wine god. Dionysus passed an innocent and uneventful childhood, roaming through the woods and forests, surrounded by nymphs satyrs and shepherds during one of these rambles he found a fruit growing wild of a most refreshing and cooling nature this was the vine from which he subsequently learnt to extract a juice which formed a most exhilarating beverage after his companions had partaken freely of it, they felt their whole being pervaded by an unwonted sense of pleasurable excitement, and gave full vent to their overflowing exuberance by shouting, singing, and dancing. Their numbers were soon swelled by a crowd eager to taste a beverage productive of such extraordinary results, and anxious to join in the worship of a divinity to whom they were indebted for this new enjoyment." Dionysus, on his part seeing how agreeably his discovery had affected his immediate followers resolved to extend the boon to mankind in general he saw that wine used in moderation would enable man to enjoy a happier and more sociable existence and that under its invigorating influence the sorrowful might for a while forget their grief and the sick their pain he accordingly gathered round him his zealous followers and they set forth on their travels planting the vine and teaching it cultivation wherever they went we now behold dionysus at the head of a large army composed of men women fauns and satyrs all bearing in their hands the thyrsus a staff entwined with vine branches surmounted by a fir cone and clashing together cymbals and other musical instruments seated in a chariot drawn by panthers and accompanied by thousands of enthusiastic followers dionysus made a triumphal progress through syria egypt arabia india etc conquering all before him, founding cities, and establishing on every side a more civilized and sociable mode of life among the inhabitants of the various countries through which he passed. When Dionysus returned to Greece from his eastern expedition, he encountered great opposition from Lycurgus, king of Thrace, and Pentheus, king of Thebes the former highly disapproving of the wild revels which attended the worship of the wine-god drove away his attendants the nymphs of nysa from that sacred mountain and so effectually intimidated dionysus that he precipitated himself into the sea where he was received into the arms of the ocean nymph thetis but the impious king bitterly expiated his sacrilegious conduct He was punished with the loss of his reason and, during one of his mad paroxysms, killed his own son, Dryas, whom he mistook for a vine. Pentheus, king of Thebes, seeing his subjects so completely infatuated by the riotous worship of this new divinity, and fearing the demoralizing effects of the unseemly nocturnal orgies held in honor of the wine-god, strictly prohibited his people from taking any part in the wild Bacchanalian revels. Anxious to save him from the consequences of his impiety, Dionysus appeared to him under the form of a youth in the king's train and earnestly warned him to desist from his denunciations but the well-meant admonition failed in its purpose for pentheus only became more incensed at this interference and commanding dionysus to be cast into prison caused the most cruel preparations to be made for his immediate execution but the god soon freed himself from his ignoble confinements for scarcely had his jailers departed ere the prison doors opened of themselves and bursting asunder his iron chains he escaped to rejoin his devoted followers meanwhile the mother of the king and her sisters inspired with bacchanalian fury had repaired to mount in order to join the worshippers of the wine-god in those dreadful orgies which were solemnized exclusively by women and which no man was allowed to be present enraged at finding his commands thus openly disregarded by the members of his own family pentheus resolved to witness for himself the excesses of which he had heard such terrible reports and for this purpose concealed himself behind a tree on mount Cithron. But, his hiding place being discovered, he was dragged out by the half-maddened crew of Bacantes, and, horrible to relate, he was torn in pieces by his own mother, Agave, and her two sisters. An incident which occurred to Dionysus on one of his travels has been a favorite subject with the classical poets. One day, as some Tyrrhenian pirates approached the shores of Greece, they beheld Dionysus in the form of a beautiful youth, attired in radiant garments. Thinking to secure a rich prize, they seized him, bound him, and conveyed him on board their vessel, resolved to carry him with them to Asia, and there sell him as a slave." But the fetters dropped from his limbs, and the pilot, who was the first who perceived the miracle, called upon his companions to restore the youth carefully to the spot whence they had taken him, assuring them that he was a god, and that adverse winds and storms would in all probability result from their impious conduct. But, refusing to part with their prisoner, they set sail for the open sea suddenly to the alarm of all on board the ship stood still masts and sails were covered with clustering vines and wreaths of ivy leaves streams of fragrant wine inundated the vessel and heavenly strains of music were heard around the terrified crew too late repentant crowded round the pilot for protection and entreated him to steer for the shore but the hour of retribution had arrived dionysus assumed the form of a lion whilst beside him appeared a bear which with a terrific roar rushed upon the captain and tore him in pieces the sailors in an agony of terror leaped overboard and were changed into dolphins the discreet and pious steersman was alone permitted to escape the fate of his companions and to him dionysus who had resumed his true form addressed words of kind and affectionate encouragement and announced his name and dignity they now set sail and dionysus desired the pilot to land him at the island of naxos where he found the lovely ariadne daughter of minos king of crete She had been abandoned by Theseus on this lonely spot, and when Dionysus, now beheld her, was lying fast asleep on a rock, worn out with sorrow and weeping. Wrapped in admiration, the god stood gazing at the beautiful vision before him, and when she at length unclosed her eyes, he revealed himself to her and, in gentle tones, sought to banish her grief." Grateful for his kind sympathy, coming as it did at the moment when she had deemed herself forsaken and friendless, she gradually regained her former serenity, and, yielding to his entreaties, consented to become his wife. Dionysus, having established his worship in various parts of the world, descended to the realm of shades in search of his ill-fated mother, whom he conducted to Olympus, where, under the name of theoni she was admitted into the assembly of the immortal gods among the most noted worshippers of dionysus was midas the wealthy king of phrygia the same who as already related gave judgment against apollo upon one occasion selenus the preceptor and friend of dionysus being in an intoxicated condition strayed into the rose gardens of this monarch where he was found by some of the king's attendants who bound him with roses and conducted him to the presence of their royal master midas treated the aged satyr with the greatest consideration and after entertaining him hospitably for ten days led him back to dionysus who was so grateful for the kind attention shown to his old friend that he offered to grant midas any favor he chose to demand Whereupon the avaricious monarch, not content with his boundless wealth, and still thirsting for more, desired that everything he touched might turn into gold. The request was complied with in so literal a sense that the now wretched Midas bitterly repented his folly and cupidity, for when the pangs of hunger assailed him, and he essayed to appease his cravings, the food became gold ere he could swallow it as he raised the cup of wine to his parched lips the sparkling draught was changed into the metal he had so coveted and when at length wearied and faint he stretched his aching frame on his hitherto luxurious couch this also was transformed into the substance which had now become the curse of his existence the despairing king at last implored the god to take back the fatal gift and dionysus pitying his unhappy plight desired him to bathe in in the river Pactolus, a small stream in lydia in order to lose the power which had become the bane of his life Midas, joyfully obeying the injunction, was at once freed from the consequences of his avaricious demand, and from this time forth the sands of the river Pectolis have ever contained grains of gold. Representations of Dionysus are of two kinds. According to the earliest conceptions, he appears as a grave and dignified man in the prime of life, his countenance is earnest, thoughtful, and benevolent. He wears a full beard, and is draped from head to foot in the garb of an eastern monarch. But the sculptors of a later period represent him as a youth of singular beauty, though of somewhat effeminate appearance, the expression of the countenance is gentle and winning, the limbs are supple and gracefully molded, and the hair which is adorned by a wreath of vine, or ivy leaves, falls over the shoulders in long curls." In one hand he bears the thyrsus, and in the other a drinking cup with two handles, these being his distinguishing attributes. He is often represented riding on a panther, or seated in a chariot drawn by lions, tigers, panthers, or lynxes being the god of wine which is calculated to promote sociability he rarely appears alone but is usually accompanied by bacantes, satyrs and mountain nymphs the finest modern representation of ariadne is that by doniker at frankfurt on the main in this statue, she appears riding on a panther. The beautiful upturned face inclines slightly over the left shoulder. The features are regular and finely cut, and a wreath of ivy leaves encircles the well-shaped head. With her right hand, she gracefully clasps the folds of drapery which fall away negligently from her rounded form, whilst the other rests lightly and caressingly on the head of the animal. Dionysus was regarded as the patron of the drama, and at the state festival of the Dionysia, which was celebrated with great pomp in the city of Athens, dramatic entertainments took place in his honor, for which all the renowned Greek dramatists of antiquity composed their immortal tragedies and comedies. He was also a prophetic divinity and possessed oracles, the principle of which was that on Mount Rhodope in Thrace. The tiger, lynx, panther, dolphin, serpent, and ass were sacred to this god. His favorite plants were the vine, ivy, laurel, and asphodel. His sacrifices consisted of goats, probably on account of their being destructive to vineyards. Bacchus or Liber. The Romans had a divinity called Liber who presided over vegetation and was on this account identified with the Greek Dionysus and worshipped under the name of Bacchus. The Festival of Liber, called the Liberalia, was celebrated on the 17th of March. End of Section 12 This recording by Aaron Elliott, St. Louis, Missouri.